We are back at it. Welcome back to another edition of the Pistols Firing Podcast. I'm Carson Cunningham, joined as always by Kyle Porter. Kyle, it is officially game week. A week from today, Friday, OSU will kick off against Oregon State. We made it. I don't know if I can stay up that late, Carson. It's 9.30. I mean, it's going to be a chore. I've got it's a, going to be a chore. I've got a, uh, I've got a kid to keep me up. Yes, for the listeners that don't know, you just had a, a baby girl, right? How, congratulations. Happy, healthy, everything go okay? Yeah, everything's great. Uh, Monday, uh, she was born, and uh, Wednesday, I was back at it. So Gundy would, my Gundy would be proud of me. But um, No uh, no maternity leave? Or no. Not maternity, <laughs> yeah, paternity def- leave. Definitely no maternity leave. I, I'm going to take some time off here in the next few weeks, but we had family and friends around, so they were kind of able to help out while I was grinding on some golf and, and OSU. But yeah, no, it was, it's, it's been a really sweet week. It's been a lot of fun Four kids is crazy. I don't know if I recommend it, uh, but it's, yeah, it's been great. No truth to the rumors. You named her Des array <laughs> or Des to me. Uh, there is truth to the rumor that some of my golf friends were trying to talk me into Aurora and call her Rory. Oh no. <laughs> Aurora and call her Rory. Nah. Have you guys decided on a name? Sadie. Okay. What's her middle name? Sadie Rose. Sadie Rose. So I mom, like it. My mom said if she marries Justin Rose's kid, she'll be Sadie Rose Rose. Sadie Rose Rose. Got it. Which is a very cool. go- golf writer's mom well, thing to say. I'm I'm really happy for you guys. I know you were you were probably both hoping for a girl and came through. We were we were uh, we were yeah because we didn't know gender and so we were we were pretty thrilled to find out. So yeah, yeah it's it's cool. been it's been an awesome week. Uh, it's been it's been a ton of fun, but uh, yeah, ready to to get after it with some some OSU football. Yeah, we got a lot to get to. Where would you like to start? Well, I want to start here, and I mentioned this, I think I mentioned it last week, um, just kind of off the top for, for our podcast listeners. Uh, I know people are kind of ramping up, starting to listen more, get getting more into football season. Uh, we do have forums. Uh, I've seen Carson, I've seen you mixing it up in the forums, uh, which has been fun. But I want to give people an opportunity, people who are podcast listeners, to subscribe to uh, our PFB Plus um, thing that we've got going on. I probably shouldn't call it a thing. I should probably have better verbiage for it but uh yeah pfp plus it's it's getting to participate in our premium forum you get ad free browsing you get discounts to our store you get all kinds of fun monthly giveaways and uh for for our podcast listeners carson 50 percent off which is Dang. uh which is awesome you don't get yeah, anything for 50 per- it, i mean i was thinking about this if you were were you playing golf right now where am I playing golf? Yeah, where, where's your where's your your spot? I'm at the Greens Country Club in Oklahoma City. If they give you fifty percent off for the year, you're you're locked into that, right? You're signed up for it. Oh, I, I'm signed up, and I want that to just roll over year by year. I don't want to give it up. <laughs> I should be grandfathered so, in for for a, a perpetuity. So that's what that's what we're that's what we're offering here. You can go to pistolsfiringblog.com uh, slash plus. PFB plus it's pistols firing slash plus. And you can use the promo code PFB pod, uh, on the yearly subscription. So 
that's for podcast listeners only 50% off go do it. And, uh, we're looking forward to a great, we've, we've already been dropping some, some kind of, uh, some nuggets on the, on the premium board, Carson. I've seen that some sources say you got some sources on uh, the quarterbacks, some sources some, on basketball recruiting. It's good yeah, stuff. some some Cade Cunningham. Seth's been active in there with wrestling stuff, so it, it's been fun. People, uh, if you're listening, you should go check it out. Check it out. Pistolsfiringblog.com slash plus, and that's PFB Pod uh, for fifty percent off for a yearly uh, subscription. Um, so that's my plug. Let's talk about the depth chart, Carson. Yeah, a few surprises on the depth chart. Obviously, quarterback, there's no clarity there. It's the a lot of oars on the depth chart, and that starts with Spencer Sanders or Drew Brown. <laughs> um, but no, I thought that the most interesting thing on the depth chart was um, Malcolm Rodriguez listed as starting linebacker instead of starting safety. I guess Trey Sterling is starting at safety instead. Uh, I think that's an interesting move, and I, I kind of like it because you know linebacker is a big question mark, and Malcolm Rodriguez has proven to be a pretty good player. And you know he's that that ex wrestler and uh, good good tackler likes to hit people. So I, I think it's a good fit for him moving to, to linebacker. What say you? You so, you sound like Gundy right now. Loves football. Loves to hit. Well, he is like I think hitting was his forte. Covering maybe not so much. So I think that's <laughs> no. And I don't I don't mean that as a slide. He, he was a good safety. I don't I don't mean that as a slide at all. I just his he's his strength, I think, was was getting a hat on the ball. So I think, look, Gundy well, and them it, have, have, have proven time and time again, when they move a player, it usually turns out pretty well for that player. So I, I, I like this move a lot. Yeah, and I think it's interesting. You know, one of the things that you and I heard at the uh, the golf media outing a couple of weeks ago is like, look, linebacker's like not a thing anymore. And I think specifically in the Big 12, it's just like, the, the, the traditional linebacker that you think of when you think of football and like the, you know, the, the way the game used to be played, it just doesn't, it doesn't make a lot of sense in 2019. And so I think what, what Gundy has gone out and done, and I think this is really smart is get some defensive, get, just get a ton of defensive backs. And inevitably some of them are going to be, are going to grow once they get to college, they're going to gain weight, whatever. And look, I, I mean, I've even heard from some people that that uh, Colby Peel or what, what's his what's his he's going by a different last name now. Did you see this? Yeah, he's got two last. He's he's he wanted to honor his his mom's side of the family as well. I can't remember. I'm looking it up now, but I think it's I think it's Colby Harvell Peel or that's something right. like that. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I've heard that he he's even been like, and and it, it's all it's kind of semantics, right? Like it, we can call it linebacker, but depending on what coverage you're playing, what team you're facing, it, it kind of it can vary. But no, I I'm with you. I think it's great, and I think look, I mean they're thin at linebacker. They just don't have that many guys, and so if you're deeper at, in the secondary, and you are, then you might as well let some of those younger guys run around back there, and. Uh, and become more versatile in the, in the middle of the field. It's interesting. He's starting over Calvin Bundage, which look starting. I mean, I think Calvin Bundage is going to play a lot of plays, but that is interesting that he's, he's starting ahead of Bundage. I think Gundy is quoted as saying he wants, you know, he wants Bundage out there 40 or 50 snaps, you know, and they might play more than that on, on defense. So no, and you're and going back to your point about linebacker. Just, that's just the way the big 12 is. You need guys who are fast and can cover in space and go hit people. I mean, very few teams in the in the Big 12 just line up in power eye and, and run off tackle. I don't think any of them do, actually. 
<laughs> so you're running, you're running hey, more four two back. five. Less is back. Well, less is back. So he'll he'll be running the the fake fullback dive pitch out, <laughs> outside the old Tatum Bell play. Shout out to Sean Willis. Yeah, shout out to Sean Willis. But no, I mean they're running a lot of four two five, and I think that's the way to go in the Big Twelve. It's just that's just the way football's played. It's more, it's more, kind of like it's kind of gone in the way of basketball, where it's just they they space the field kind of like basketball spaces the floor. You just got to have a lot of versatile players, just like in basketball, guys who can guard multiple divi- uh, positions. Same with linebacker. You got to be able to cover and run and tackle. So I, I think it's a good move. It's going to be interesting to watch the first game. I don't think Oregon State's that great. They only won two games. But Gundy's been kind of talking up their offense. So it'll be a pretty good test for those guys in the first game. Well, and, and Gundy's been doing this forever. Remember Andre Sexton back in like 07 playing linebacker? Yeah. I mean, that's how the star, the star linebacker came about was Andre Sexton. Yeah, like he's not – I mean, he's probably smaller than, than Rodriguez is uh, in, in terms of – you know, height and, and all that. So, yeah, I, I think that uh, I, I like it. The other the other thing that kind of popped a little bit was uh, Bryce Bray starting on the offensive line, redshirt freshman. Uh, Rice Schneider is the backup at center and I believe at right guard. And I think a lot of people thought that he was going to start. But uh, Bryce Bray gonna going to get the start, it looks like, against Oregon State. Uh, I don't know if you have any – in-depth offensive line thoughts but uh, i thought that no was interesting. I, I mean adam lunt's been talking him up since they signed him i mean yeah, i think he's, he's he's huge i mean lunt, lunt knows more about offensive line play than i do and he's he's always been high on bryce bray so i think that you know that that was kind of they've recruited much better on the offensive line and look no further than you know a redshirt freshman starting at right guard so that's that's not really a surprise just based on how how highly recruited he was but um that's a good sign i think it's, it means he's kind of fulfilling his potential already yeah, they got a lot of they've got a lot of freshmen in the two deep on the offensive line, which to your point, I think is I think that's a good thing. So they've got uh, Hunter Anthony backup left tackle. He's a redshirt freshman. Hunter Wood uh, Hunter Woodard Woodard Woodward Woodard. He's a redshirt freshman uh, backup left guard behind Marcus Keys, who's been there since the first George Bush administration. Um, <laughs> and then Bryce Bryce starting at right guard and. Jacob Farrell, backup right tackle. All those guys are redshirt freshmen, and they're all over 300 pounds, which is, which is crazy. I like it. I yeah, like it a lot. Good. Uh, okay, the other thing that came out on Thursday, this wasn't huge news because we saw it last year, but uh, Chuba and LD Brown, running backs number one and number two respectively, are going to be returning kicks. Are you? I like it. I like it. Are you emotionally prepared for when uh, Chuba takes one to the house? It's going to happen. I don't know when. Uh, I don't know who it's going to go against, but uh, are you ready for that? I know you've looked this up and you've mentioned it on the pod, but when is the last time they returned a kick? Isn't it Tyreek Hill against Iowa State? Is that the last uh, kickoff return touchdown? Tyreek against Kansas in, Kansas. Four, in 14 when they almost lost. Remember he returned yeah. that kick in the fourth quarter to put him up like I don't know, like twenty four seventeen or something like that. Yeah, that's twenty fourteen. <laughs> and look, it's it's harder to return kickoffs or touchdowns now because they almost all of them are, are touchbacks. That's why this. I think it's a great move. I just I don't think they're going to be returning a lot of them. But when they do, they'll they'll be a threat to to take it to the house. You know, it's that's the two guys I would want back there. And I kind of made the joke that if Gundy had his way, he'd put Stoner and like Landon Wolf back there just to catch it and call fair catch just to get his offense on the field you, you, but uh, i like it 
it's always one of my favorite things every year when Gundy does the uh well, you know, it, it it's really hard to to catch punts and kicks. <laughs> I mean, it's it's tough. And it's like, well, okay, like you've got a hundred guys and you can't you can't find one. Who was it that was it uh McCluskey a couple years ago that was struggling so much? Yeah, I was gonna say, like, Gundy gets a little gun shy. I mean, McCluskey had fumbled one. And it almost fumbled another, so he just he just gave up and put Stoner back there and called for a catch. <laughs> That's what he did in 2011. Remember they I know, they, I know. they started out with you know I can't remember who was returning punts back then. It might have been Josh Cooper or somebody. I think it and they was had some Josh problems. Cooper. Yeah. And he finally just stuck Blackman back there and said fair catch it. And <laughs> it was a smart move because only bad things could have happened. Just get your offense into get the ball into Whedon's hands, and that, <laughs> that turned out pretty well. It did. Did you see Bill Hastings thing on Whedon? I did. That was a really good article. And yeah. he called him the most important player of the Gundy era. And I, I think that's hard to disagree with considering where they were on offense when he arrived. You know, the, the Zach Robinson offense had a lot of success, but towards the, you know, Robinson, of course, had like one, one good working shoulder, but they got shut out in Bedlam. I think they got held to like seven points against Ole Miss in the bowl game. And then in comes Whedon. They hire Holgerson to go along with Whedon. And ever since then, they've been a top 10 offense in the country, year in, year out, no matter who the coordinator was. So it, he was an unbelievable player. And and uh, it's kind of crazy that, you know, Whedon found his way to OSU anyway after playing pro baseball with the Yankees. It just kind of – it was kind of a Cinderella story, and it was a really good article by him. It was really good. Do you do you agree with that, though, most important player in Oklahoma State history? Because he, he laid out, a, a I think, a really good, compelling case for it, but – I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I agree with it. Are you in on that? I would say the most important player of the of the Gundy era. So, and the Gundy era has been the best era. So I, I, I don't, I don't take strong issue with it. I, I might say, I mean, they did win a Big Twelve championship, first conference title since like the '70s when they split with OU in Colorado. So, yeah, I, I probably agree with that. Who, who would you say? I, I don't know if this is. Uh, the the right answer but to me i i feel like dez is up there that's the player i would probably make a case for besides brandon he he made osu cool yeah and you you said that recently and i, I really agree with it and, and it's like it just feels like he was sort of this kind of marker in time like pre-dez and post-dez they've, they've never been bad well they have been bad in 14 and then last year but they they really have been on this trajectory this this threshold of like nine and 10 wins every year since Des was there. And before that they weren't, and maybe that's just uh, like coincidental. It probably is, but I don't know. There's something about like Des going to Oklahoma state, everything that happened before that in the, in the less and Gundy era and everything that, that happened after that. Yeah. And, and OSU really wasn't on the national radar until Des. I mean, the only thing people knew about OSU was the Gundy rant. Like, people didn't know Mike Gundy at all other than the rant. They didn't know OSU football other than that. And Dez was this phenomenon. He was on the cover of Sports Illustrated. He was one of the best players in the country and really kind of put him on the map. So you, you could definitely make a case that Dez was the most important. Yeah, for sure. I wouldn't uh, argue with that either. Okay, speaking of great Oklahoma State wide receivers, uh, have you been following the uh, the preseason stuff with, with uh, Mason Rudolph, James Washington? Yeah, I have. I mean, Mason's played really well. That game where him and Washington hooked up, like he had several drops, or he would he might have been perfect on the night if not, he had a bunch of drops. And it's weird to me that 
everyone considers Dante Moncrief the number two for Pittsburgh. And this is a this is a receiver that's been a has done nothing really. He played it he played with the Colts with Andrew Luck and did very little, was always hurt. People have just kind of locked Moncrief in as the number two. I, I find that I have a hard time believing Washington doesn't overtake him and make more plays this year. He he just seems poised for a breakout season. Now, Washington's playing a lot more in the preseason, thus he's making more plays, but I don't know. I just think Washington has a much higher ceiling than Dante Moncrief, and he's he's been balling. I think he leads all receivers in the preseason in, in yards, so he's who's, doing well. Mason's doing well. Who, who's who's Dante Moncrief? Who, where did he play? He's a bigger kind of – he's kind of like a Marcel Aitman type receiver. He's a bigger target. Again, he played – with Andrew Luck for a few years, but he was always hurt. Um, I'm not sure where he played college. I'd have to look that up. But he's been a kind of a disappointment. Everyone just kind of penciled him in. Where I I would disagree with that. I think I think Washington will. He played at um, Ole Miss. At Ole Miss, yeah. He's 26, um, 6 two, 220. So he was in the 14 draft. So he's still pretty young. But but I don't know. I just think Washington's. They took him in the second round. They're going to give him every opportunity. I think he's he's definitely going to be, I think, the third receiver in Pittsburgh. And for Mason, I, I, I think there's a tendency probably for a young quarterback like him who's, who's playing well in the preseason. He's probably getting antsy being behind Ben Roethlisberger. But I do think it's a good situation. I think look no further than Aaron Rodgers, who had to sit multiple years behind Brett Favre. And he didn't get beat up behind a bad offensive line on a bad team early in his career. And he was ready to step in and start. I think Mason's on that trajectory you know, ben, Big Ben's one more injury away, I think, from from calling it quits. So he's in a good situation. Well, I think that's a really good point because so like you, you the worst case scenario is you sit. Well, I think this is worst case. You sit on a on a really like it. You're you're not playing in a really bad organization, right? Because then yeah. there's like tur- there's like turnover with the with the front office. It, it just it gets messy and you seem to get like lost in the, in the mix, but maybe the best situation is sitting for a good organization, which is, which is kind of what Rudolph is in, right? Like they, they have a ton of continuity there. Um, there's a long-term plan. Pittsburgh's always good. You know, like I, I just, I feel like he's, he, I think that's a great point by you that he really is in a great situation where he doesn't have to go be the guy. I mean, I just feel like even from what I've seen in the preseason, the growth of both of those guys from year one to year two has been just monumental. And, and you would expect that, right? Like that's how most that's how, that's how it usually goes. Like not everybody is. I don't know who's who's a rookie that's been awesome at quarterback in the NFL recently. Uh, Baker, I guess, kind of. Um, you know, it's just, it's like that learning curve is just so hard. And, uh, so I think, I think you would expect the most growth from year one to year two, especially in the NFL. Yeah. And he has three more, three more years left on his contract. I think the worst case scenario for him moving forward would be for big Ben to play three more years. And then it's a contract and he's up for a contract and he hasn't played now. He's got that pedigree where I think a team would be willing to pay him for them to go be his quarterback. But I think ideally Ben would retire, if not after this season, but after next, give him a full year to prove himself and then get a get a big extension from Pittsburgh and be their long-term quarterback. Because Pittsburgh's one of the best organizations, not only in the NFL, but in, in pro sports. They're just very well run. You saw they ran off Antonio Brown, which is looking like a brilliant decision. 
<laughs> uh, Le'Veon Bell. I don't, I don't know if I would let Antonio Brown like write part time for Pistols firing. He's he's out there, man. He's I mean, crazy. I, he's the classic case of just. I mean, he like make no mistake. Antonio Brown was like on the path to becoming the greatest receiver of all time. Like that sounds like a ridiculous statement. He probably wouldn't ca- catch Jerry Rice, but his numbers are insane. And he was if he kept having the years he was having, he was on that path. But at a certain point, <laughs> you got you got to kind of let go. And I think Pittsburgh doesn't really regret that, as good as a receiver as he is. But, uh, no, it was cool to see him and James connect. And it's just crazy, Kyle. That first game at Baylor when they burned Mason's red shirt, he threw like a 70-yard bomb touchdown to Washington. They just run the same page from the very first game together. And they threw another deep ball together. It's just it's cool to see the chemistry those guys have. And it's it's very rare. I, I can't even remember a, a college quarterback, college receiver teaming up in the NFL. I'm sure that it's, it's happened, but not very often. Yeah, it, it is cool. And, and it, I think we it's become familiar to all of us who follow it. But I think it I think it's I mean, it, I mean, it just statistically it's rare. But I think even more so, like looking back in 10 years, we'll be like, oh, that, that was pretty cool. Like, that was crazy that. That's sort of how how everything unfolded. Um, so, yeah, I agree with you. Okay. Uh, I got a few more questions for you. But uh, first, let's get to this week's schedule, OSU schedule, brought to you by Chris's University Spirit, longtime sponsor of the podcast. Chris's is your one-stop cowboy shop on Campus Corner. And be sure to shop online at chrisuniversityspirit.com. Uh, Carson, we are planning on uh, – you and I are planning on a, uh, a two – two podcasts a week starting with the season still kind of working out what days those will be. We're thinking like Sunday, Monday, and then middle of the week, maybe Wednesday, something like that. So we're going to go ahead and get next week's schedule out of the way um, so that people don't miss it. So uh, women's soccer at UTSA uh, on Sunday. So that's coming up here the 25th. They play at noon. I saw they won their first game against Lamar on Thursday, three to nothing. So good start for them. And then we got uh, we got Bedlam, Carson. Bedlam next Thursday. Women's soccer at Norman, seven o'clock. That was always that was kind of always a marker for us in school. Like, oh, school starts. Bedlam. Let's do it. Yeah, uh, that, Bedlam that, soccer, man. That was always fun. And then uh, obviously football at Oregon State. FS one, nine thirty Central next Friday. A bunch of people in our in our uh, forums are talking about kind of meeting up when they go up there. So that's kind of a, kind of a cool deal that's going on. But um, yeah, first game uh, against Oregon state next Friday. And then this is the one that I want to go to and cover men's golf Carmel cup at Pebble beach starting next Saturday. That's can next we, Saturday. Yeah. Dang. They're already starting golf. Can we, uh, do you think PFB can afford to send you and I out there to, to cover that? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe maybe the golf team would let us ride in like the luggage bin of the private plane. I mean, just shove us in the plane somewhere. I'd be good with that. Uh, that'd be great. Uh, so, who, kind of a, you, who's the, who's the starting five in golf? Uh, you know, uh, Eckrode. I think they're they're, they're going to have him play left-handed, and uh, so he'll be <laughs> right-handed number one. Left-handed, he'll be like fourth. I don't. I don't know. I honestly don't. We'll have to, we got a lot of young guys trying to fill some big, some pretty big shoes. <laughs> You've got these guys that are like, I mean, you seriously have two guys that are top one thirty in the world right now who are on your team four months ago. 
Yeah, I mean, I mean it's, this is it, like replacing Rudolph and Washington, really. It's it's or yeah. Whedon and Blackman maybe is the better analogy. Yeah, I think it is. It's pretty crazy. Um, so anyway, busy week for Oklahoma State. You and I are going to talk before the Oregon State game next week, but uh, wanted to get next week's schedule uh, out of the way early on, and then we'll do uh, Carson uniform predictions next week. Oh, already, I'm ready. It's already time. Um, Start okay. off the road game. That never happens. I uh, yeah, I know. Uh, I got a couple questions here for you. This this is kind of kind of stole these or, or kind of kind of drafted off of uh, OKC Dave's survey that he put out last week. Um, I, are you ready for these? Yeah. Okay. So this is just me kind of thinking about the season, everything that's upcoming, what we're looking forward to. Which which players? So I got, I want one on offense, one on defense. Are you most excited about uh, just watching this upcoming season? Uh, offense, I mean, to me, it's a toss up between Tywin and Chuba. I think I'm going to go Chuba just because we haven't seen him fully unleashed. We haven't seen what, what Sean Gleason's going to do with him out of the running back position. I think we know what Tywin's capable of and, and likely to do. He's going to get about 1500 yards and, and double digit touchdowns. I would think he's pretty, he's pretty proven. In. I mean, he's proven and you've, you've made a good point to, he's on the, he's on the trajectory to put up better career numbers than James Washington, which is, which is crazy to think about because Washington played almost from day one, but I'm going to go Chuba just because again, we have not seen him in the feature role much. We, we saw him in the last three or four games when justice was hurt and he had over a hundred yards in three of those four games. And more than anything, I'm just interested to see how they use him. I think they'll get creative with him. And uh, I think having LD Brown there is huge too, because you don't want to beat, you don't want to beat Chuba into the ground early, kind of like they did with justice Hill. Yeah, uh, did they? I feel like they like rested Justice so much. I guess actually, his so- you're right. Well, no, but but you're right. His sophomore year, he had 299 touches, and then his junior year, he had like remember he had like 12 touches through like three games. And you're like, wait a second, he's not staying another year. Like, just give him the ball. Yeah, we were. I think every game we were breaking down, he had like 15 carries, and we're like, give it to him 25 times. But but to so your point. Right. His his sophomore year, he touched it a a ton. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go a little off the board here. Uh, I'm gonna go CJ Moore on offense. I I think. Look, I'm excited about Chuba. I think Tylen is special. I think he's awesome. Um, but I I don't know. I I think I think you have. You have somebody with that much talent. Like even in talking to Casey Dunn at at earlier this this summer. It's not a matter of talent. It's a matter of like just getting organized and and being on the same page and loving football, as Gundy would say. And, and so, when those are the things that are being brought up, and those are the questions, that makes me like if if somebody's overcoming those things with talent, because you know how important that stuff is to Gundy and and all the coaches. Somebody's overcoming that with talent. That means their talent is extraordinary. And so I, I'm just. I don't know. I'm pretty fired up to see uh, to see what he's able to do. And then uh, defense, I'm going. Uh, I'm going Colby Harvell Peel. That's going to be really difficult for me to remember throughout the year. But uh, I thought he was awesome last year. And there were times where he probably had no idea what he was doing. But I, I think he's a. I think he's a big time talent. And I think, you know, I saw Knowles talking about how like some of those freshmen that played last year, they have a chance to like play in the league. And I think he's one of them. 
He's huge for a safety. I, I think he has a real chance to be to be pretty awesome uh, in the Big Twelve. He had that game-winning tackle against Missouri too in the bowl game. Kind of yeah. went out on a on a big note, kind of kind of proving he was ready for the big time. And so that's a that's a good pick. I'm gonna go with Brock Martin on defensive line. I'm I'm really fired up to watch him. I thought the 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 amount of playing time he got last year, he he really flashed in some instances to where. You know, he was a kid that was pretty highly recruited coming out of the, the Tulsa area as well. So he, was he a wrestler? Former wrestler. Gundy loves those former wrestlers. <laughs> Gundy. But no, I just... <laughs> what? He, he, Gundy's he, just he, recruiting at wrestling uh, tournaments? Yeah, he would just have a team of, of all... By the way, did you hear what he said today about uh, Trace Ford, freshman? Mm-mm. He said, well, I, I saw him at a, at a high school baseball game. He stole a couple bases. And I said, we got to recruit that guy. And one of our, <laughs> one of the guys on our PFB team said, uh, yeah, he's an in-state four star. Like, I, I don't, I don't know that you're like going out on a limb there. <laughs> yeah. I, I saw him in pads just standing there. I was like, oh, she should recruit that guy. <laughs> like before I watched him play, I was covering a Santa Fe game and I was like, who's that? And I looked up his name. I was like, oh yeah, that's, that's why oh, she was recruiting him. And Gundy acted <laughs> like it was be- because he stole two bases in a Stillwater versus where did he go? Santa Fe or North or whatever, uh, in a, in a high school baseball game. Yeah. We need that guy. Oh, really? That, that's the most random example I've heard, but they did use the example of they, he watched James Washington play tennis yeah, or yeah. Run, and run track. And I, I remember Justin Blackman, he watched him play in a basketball game and he said, he, that's, he loves that stuff. Well, he's not the only one I've heard. I've heard other college football coaches say they've watched a, a football group play basketball and it, it made them, even more certain that was someone they wanted on their team. I guess certain things you do athletically just translates. And yeah. And he's not think, the only one I've heard say that. I think it contextualizes whenever, because when you're playing football, I mean, it, sometimes it's hard to tell. You could be going against like a, like a middle school team. And, and if everybody kind of looks the same, you got the cameras far away and it's like, Oh, that guy looks like a monster. Well, yeah, he's playing against like 12 year olds. Like, of course he does. So I think, yeah. I think, playing other sports and especially seeing guys in person in other sports kind of contextualizes how talented they actually are. Yeah. So those are, those are my two. I think I like yours as well. Uh, okay. Next question, which, uh, group, uh, like collectively, like running backs, linebackers, safeties, whatever, are we overrating and which one are we underrating? Um, we might be overrating receiver, which I know sounds just stupid, but you have Tylen and you have Dylan Stoner, and then you have a lot of unknown. I think Landon Wolf's proven to be a pretty good player, but you got the South Alabama transfer. You have C.J. Moore, who hasn't, you know, these guys that haven't really played at, at, at this level yet, at the Big 12 level. Perhaps, perhaps we're like, you know, I think we just automatically say, oh, they're one of the best receiving cores in the, in the nation. Well, at the top, yeah, for sure. But we don't know about the, the middle to, to lower end of the depth chart. So I think that's, if I had to pick one that's overrated, I'd, I'd probably have to go there. Uh, I'm going to go overrated uh, running back, okay. uh, which which sounds also crazy. Uh, but the case for this is, I mean, you go into last year, Carson, and Chuba's like arguably your like your third guy, you know, because you got J.D. King, you got Justice Hill. And now he's your first guy, and, and the problem is that you're not you're not backfilling the second and third spot with young potential stars. You're backfilling those spots with, um, 
LD Brown, who's been there for a while. And it's like, okay, well, I, th- I think I know what I'm getting from LD Brown. And I don't know if it's, it might be okay. I don't know if it's great. And so I just, I, I think we think about running back and, and these skill positions for Oklahoma state and we just automatically assume, Oh, well, that's yeah, of course they'll be awesome. They, they're, they're always awesome there. And I, and I look at it and I look at the depth and I'm like, will they be awesome there? Like if somebody gets, somebody gets hurt, is that, how's that going to go? So I don't know. That, that would be my overrated spot. Yeah. If you had to pick one, I think those are two good candidates. Uh, underrated. I think we're underrating how good these cornerbacks are. You know, they've played a ton of football. I saw a pro football focus tweet that said AJ Green forced the most incompletions thrown his way. I think in all of the big 12, uh, he, he's turned into a really good corner. Rodarius Williams played a ton of football. I don't think they've really quite gotten the hype they deserve. I mean, is there a better tandem of corners in the in the league? Maybe. I mean, I don't think OU has two better corners starting for them. Uh, Texas, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I think they're being underrated some. I like that. I, I think that's a good one. Uh, I'm going to go defensive line. You know, I, I think when we talk about defensive line, everybody's like, oh, no experience, no experience, no experience. And and, and uh, Jim Knowles said this, and I was glad he did. He's like, look, I'd rather be experienced at, like, the secondary and, you know, linebacker and places like that. Like, defensive line kind of just is what it is. And they've got some they got some talent there. I mean, obviously, you've got, you know, guys like Martin, who you mentioned, Mike Scott, uh, Gundy said today, Trace Ford's going to play. So I, I just – I think there's potential. I, I think we look at we look at no experience and think that means no talent. But the reality is, I think they have talent. They just don't have guys that that have done it a lot. Yeah, and I, I think Gundy's usually pretty honest. Remember all those years he was like, "Man, the offensive line's got a long way to go." I think he's pretty honest, and I think he's pretty. He sounds pretty confident about the defensive line. They're just young and haven't played a lot, but I think he likes what they have there. I think he likes the talent they have there. They just got to go do it. I think he. He kind of referenced that in his his availability before his press conference today. He was like, "I'm excited to go watch them play. They haven't done it yet, but I'm I'm kind of excited to watch them." So I think I think he feels pretty good about the defensive line. Yeah, I think offensive line is another place that could be underrated. I think they I think they're pretty good on offensive line. And you know, if you talk to Gundy, Charlie Dickey is like the next you know Vince Lombardi. Like he's the greatest coach that's ever <laughs> lived. So. And I thought I think, they played pretty well down the stretch last year, too. I think, I think they got better at the end of the year. Yeah. I don't know. I'm excited. Okay, let's hear one more time from our sponsor, Chris's University Spirit, and we'll come back with one interesting thing. Chris's University Spirit on Campus Corner in Stillwater, Oklahoma, is proud to be your one-stop cowboy shop since 1986 and proud sponsor of this podcast, Pistols Firing. They specialize in custom-printed Oklahoma State apparel and merchandise and pride themselves on their excellent customer service. They also offer a full line of custom Greek apparel and can even outfit your Little League team head-to-toe. They're located at the corner of 3rd and Knobloch on Historic Campus Corner. You can follow them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and be sure to shop online at chrisuniversityspirit.com. Shop Stilly, shop Chris's University Spirit. Okay, Carson, one interesting thing. What do you got? Uh, my one interesting thing is, I know you said you wanted to go to Pebble Beach. I kind of wish I was in Las Vegas oh, because yeah? I think the point spread on OSU keeps going down. Oh boy! I think it started at like 17. I think it's down to like 15 and a half. Wow. I think OSU's going to win by 30. <laughs> so 
I kind of wish I was in Vegas. I don't care who plays quarterback. I just think they're to me. It's, it's kind of like, it's kind of like those matchups when OSU plays out of conference and they just have way better athletes than the, their competition. I go back to that Indiana game in the insight bowl. They, they had never seen a Des Bryant before. Uh, go back to, they beat a really good Colorado team that didn't even belong on the same field as them from the pac 12. And this Oregon state team is nowhere near as good as that Colorado team. Now this OSU team, you could argue is not as good either, but I don't know. I just, I think they're going to thoroughly outmatch Oregon state. So if you're in Vegas, I would, uh, I would take the points or I would, the- I would, I would lay the points. Right? <laughs> Did you, uh, by the way, what what if they just roll out Brendan Costello at quarterback? They're just like, yeah, just kidding, whatever. <laughs> How good would that uh, be? Who do you think runs out there first? Uh, oh, I thought we were going to make it through a whole podcast. Uh, talking okay, about we'll, we'll talk about that next pod. I think Drew Brown you, rolls out there first. You do? Yeah. You think he plays two series like Chelf and then Walsh plays the rest of the game, kind of like Spencer Sanders? <laughs> Wasn't that, wasn't that the most bizarre opener ever? 2013, I think it was the last time that Gundy didn't name a starter. When Colton Shelf ended up on Deadspin? Yes. Colton Shelf was not too happy with the way it was handled. Shelf played two series, and then Walsh played the rest of the way. That was thoroughly bizarre. Yes. Uh, by the way, did you see the Clemson-Georgia Tech uh, line? No. Clemson by, like, 35. Oh, my. Georgia Tech had a winning record last year. They did? I thought they missed a bowl game. They, they had a winning they record? Went, they went 7-6 uh, and six in, uh, wow. in 2018. They beat Minnesota in the quick lane bowl. If you would have told me, like, my life is on the line and I have to determine whether the quick lane bowl is an actual bowl, I would, I would not be alive. <laughs> Never heard of it. Don't read no. it. Don't read it. Never heard of it. Clemson beat Alabama by about that many points, so they're just yeah. on a different level right now. Okay, my one interesting thing is uh, I'm going to give you two. So I heard from somebody who knows stuff that uh, Oklahoma State's been kind of eyeing Iowa State's defense, studying Iowa State's defense, seeing how they do things, trying to maybe replicate some of the stuff that they do, which I thought was interesting. And the other one, Barry Trammell wrote a really good piece about Jenny Carlson today. She's celebrating her 20th anniversary at the Oklahoman, which is crazy to me. I, 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 she, she does not seem old enough to have been there for 20 years. But congrats to her. Barry was, uh, as always, very poignant, and uh, everybody should check out that piece. Yeah, she does a really good job. Obviously, she had the run-in with Gundy on the rant and whatnot, but... I kind of learned a lot from her when I first started at the Ocali. Like I didn't know, have any idea what I was doing. And I went to media day and I just kind of followed her around. She asked really good questions. Uh, she always writes really good, like feature columns on, on people. It's a, it's a true skill and she's a master at it. And she's always been very, very kind and professional. And that was, that was a good article by Barry. Yeah, she is very kind. She's, she's a very kind person. And, uh, yeah, it's a, I mean, (laughs) To be anywhere for to be in any job for twenty years, much less in this business, is uh, is astounding. So yeah, she started which, at age twenty four. Yeah, crazy. that's that is crazy. It's like Holder, it's when Holder got the job. Yeah, maybe she, yeah, maybe she's the Mike Holder of uh, <laughs> of the Oklahoman. So okay, everybody, check out uh, pistolsfiringblog dot com slash plus. You can use PFB Pod get fifty percent off an annual subscription. We will be. Uh, dropping some more uh, 
some more sources stuff inside the uh, inside the forum. And Carson, you and I will be back next week to preview Oregon State. I'll be crafting my uni prediction in the meantime. <laughs> you, Game week. You're, you're probably going to start like at, right after we get off this pod. Just work on it for like five days. Uh, you gotta let you gotta let it come to you. You can't you can't <laughs> force it. Uh, that's great. Okay, good stuff, Carson, and we will talk soon. <laughs>